0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent Young. I'm here with Alan Small, and we love getting to talk through issues that affect ministry and ministers. And so, Alan, we've been kind of talking through this deal about pastors, and what are we doing today? What should people look back at?
1: Yeah, so we've kind of, I guess we'd call it maybe some profiles, overlooked profiles of pastors or something. We uh, Last week, we, we talked about the embattled pastor. Um, we've talked about the insecure pastor, the overconfident pastor. We've talked about several and encourage you to go back and look over the last few weeks. If you've missed one of them, we'd love to see you kind of jump back in. But today, we're going to kind of wrap, wrap this one up. For now with another type of pastor and we call that the insulated um pastor you know when you you want your you want good insulation in your house i mean we, we, we all want protection protection from the outside elements but when it comes to ministry it's not a very good or effective way to do ministry
0: yeah i just when you're saying that i need to put some more insulation in our house here and and it makes me think about i need to there are some guys that i think They wanted just to be wrapped up in insulation and so they didn't have to deal with life outside of that and that's in my mind that's kind of what i'm thinking through as we talk about that today
1: yeah that's exactly what we're talking about trent because i think there there is sometimes this maybe idealistic nature you know and you you don't want to take that away from everyone where they maybe have such a positive view of everything but you go into ministry that way with eyes wide shut. <laughs> I mean, they are closed. They are closed, 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 closed to everything that's going on around them. Yeah. And
0: I, I think this is a, it can be, it's not always, but it can be a tendency of a brand new pastor. And just thinking about this, Alan, that, you know, somebody who's who's had an amazing um youth minister or somebody in their past that was so good and and so they don't want to believe that there can be anything hard in ministry and um you know so it's just very easy they're thinking it's going to be great i'm going to play ping pong with the kids all the time and once in a while i'll preach and it'll be great
1: (laughs) yeah i think i i do think that this was something that maybe developed um i think we were kind of on the back end of this there was an era in the church growth movement where churches were kind of driven by solid youth ministries and you could live your life in student ministry and, and really not have a care in the world not have a problem in the world you know you could have uh, christian music all the time and christian environment everywhere you went and you didn't have to worry about the outside world and and you don't know how lost the world around you really is and you go into ministry of thinking that oh it's not so bad like you said that i it, you know everyone everyone's naturally going to want to love jesus and everyone's going to love jesus the same way that i love jesus and and you you find out you find out pretty quickly that that's not exactly how it is
0: yeah and those you know folks that have been in church for a long time, we begin to believe that unbelievers are going to act like believers. And we're shocked when they don't. I mean, when they, when they when somebody that we know at work or even a family member just is a jerk or is acts totally unchristian or has beliefs or voting uh, records that would go against what we believe, and it shocks us that an unbeliever would act like an unbeliever instead of a believer, you know? And so that that's kind of the, the thing that that we're looking at here. And so let's let's kind of talk through some things that um, insulated pastors deal with uh, their expectations um, and, and maybe some suggestions for them.
1: Yeah, I believe I actually followed a, someone I would call kind of call an insulated pastor uh, one time. And I remember the conversations I had with the uh, with the church, um, some of the leaders in the church as they were expressing, you know, not they, they that church was great. They they loved on pastors, but the pastor had a hard time relating um, to someone who who was lost in the community. And really had a hard time finding ways to to bridge a gap, and that's because they they really didn't know what was in the world outside the church, and I think that's the first thing you, you really don't know really what's going on in the world outside outside the church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so sorry if that's my thing. Keep going. It keeps going off, but um, anyway, yeah. As you're saying that, Alan. You know, somebody who doesn't spend any time outside their church building or their office and getting to know the, the, what's going on in the community. I think that's where you're missing a ministry opportunity and you're missing what people are really dealing with.
1: Yeah, you know, I had, I had nine years where I was on bus rides with high school students. <laughs> I, I, I got to hear a lot of interesting conversations. And, you know, I, there were times I really wanted to interject, and it, I knew it wasn't my place um, to do that because I hadn't been asked. And if you want to lose lose influence, jump in on conversations you're not invited into. Um, yeah. But but um, I learned a, a lot about things that even, even some kids that I knew and thought I knew well, some of their worldviews and perspectives and how they were struggling to put all those things together. And then... You know, you find out that not everyone is as innocent as you think they are yeah. <laughs> in certain areas, and so yeah, yeah. I think you can go into that and, and assume that that you know no one's had a rough past, that no that no one's going through a rough present, and you you're just closed off to what's going on.
0: Yeah, this not only affects what you just said that not only affects pastors, but I'm thinking of youth ministers and children's ministers. Um, there's a lot of our kids that have been through way more and knows no know more about stuff that we're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know anything about that, you know. And so they have lived through hard lives, and it affects them.
1: Yeah, let me put it this way: when I first started ministry, I said, "Oh, you teenagers! I just want you to know, you can't tell me something that's going to shock me. I would not say that anymore."
0: Oh no, yeah, because
1: there's things I've. I've been blown away. I, I've been shocked beyond shocked at at times and mm-hmm. and I've learned, wow, there's there's whole new uh, elements of things going on that I, I don't even have a clue um, mm-hmm. how how those things are going on. and so and it it messes with your sense of expectations. I mean, you you go in and, and you think, well, everything is going to be this way you know every week i'm going to give an altar call and someone's going to come and and it's going to be sweet and you know every sunday we're going to sing kumbaya you know and and you find out that ministry is not that way you know we talked about the embattled pastor but not everyone likes every sermon you preach and not everyone likes everything you say
0: yeah yeah that's true and expectations dana and i when we we met with a lot of couples and, um, over, you know, talking about expectations to begin with, and expectations, we always said were landmines, right? Um, because when those aren't met, it, the fight starts. And I think when we come in, especially with a false set of expectations in ministry, it can cause fights. It can cause struggles and anger and disappointment
1: yeah and i'll I'll be completely honest I wasn't ready I wasn't ready when I took my first pastorate um, for for the set of expectations. Um, I, I was still in seminary mindset, you know that everyone wanted to know the word that that well and you know that everyone was easy to move from point A to point B and it, it didn't take long to realize that wasn't wasn't true. Um, but you have to move on from that pretty quickly because what happens is just like I talked about earlier, Trent, you're not able to relate um, to your church family. and the ability to relate to people is essential in ministry. That's exactly what God did um, for us. He who became uh, he, he who became man and walked among yeah. us. He, he learned to relate to us mm-hmm. and he did relate to us. And w- not that we need to immerse ourselves in sinful activity, but we need to learn to relate to people in, in sense what they're going through.
0: Right. Well, and um, Dana and I were talking about this before we recorded this. And, you know, I think a lot of times people uh, they have an amazing children's ministry that they're part of and they're little kids and then moves into youth ministry and they're very insulated in all those ways but then they go directly from youth ministry to christian college to a seminary and then to a church and they have no what i would call um, real world secular work experience and because of that, they cannot identify with what the people in their pews and people in their church are going through and dealing with. And, I, man, you've got to have some of that, you know, because you, that way you understand what the regular folks in your church are dealing with.
1: You know, I remember that, that when I, when I um, was a church planter and I was working bi and I was traveling all the time. And then I took my pastorate that I was in, and so I I got to stop all the travel and doing all that. And there was a gentleman who went to my church, and um, he traveled almost weekly. And oftentimes he traveled internationally, so his travel was very intense and and, and just all the time. And he goes, you're the first pastor who, when I talk about how frustrating and strange it is to be a traveler, actually gets it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I did. I understood what it was like to get on an airplane and you're almost in this fog. And and if you've not traveled constantly, you don't understand that that fog. I remember having a conversation with a, a sales representative that I worked with. He said, you know, that he goes, there are times he goes, I didn't even know what airport I was in. And I could walk through it almost blindfolded because it's just what I did. I got so used to being in other airports that. I couldn't tell you what city it was, but I knew exactly where, where to go, you know. <laughs> and that's crazy. It's crazy, but people who've done a lot of that, they they get it. And you know, think about what the cost of that on, on your life that you 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 get on an, off an airplane, you're in a fog, and you go home, and you're trying to hold your family together, and, and your mind's in a million different locations. There's a reason that the that. People who travel a lot have such strain on, on their marriages. And that's just one example. There, there's a million examples of ministry that we sometimes uh, lose sight of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're saying that, I'm thinking about a, a young man that was part of our church in Colorado. And we're out one day and we're, we're pouring concrete together. And he stopped and he said, you know what? I've never known a preacher that could actually do something. And so I was like, man, that's the best compliment ever. You know, it's like, hey, I know how to pour concrete. I know how to work on stuff, you know. And being able to, what you talked about, the gentleman who traveled a lot, and I'm thinking about Mark, just being able to identify with their life makes your words so much more powerful. And and they they listen to you realizing that you understand what they're going through. I think that's huge.
1: Yes. I mean, that's just a part of what we are and, and what we do. We need to get to know. We need to get to hear the stories. And the stories sometimes are not clean. Sometimes it's hard. We we like to say ministry is messy. Um, yes. But messy is kind of clean for how ministry is a lot of the time. It's It's... <laughs> It's a mess on top of a mess on top of a mess a a lot of times. And sometimes there's nothing we can do to clean the mess up.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, We're going to have to get dirty uh, to get in there with people. You know, you and I have dealt with families, not just ministry families, but families in our churches that were going through very hard emotional crap. And we just had to go and get dirty with them and and just walk through that. You know, you can't stay, well, I'm going to stay clean and and not have this affect me. Ministry is going to affect you. Um, And sometimes not always for the positive, but it will I think that empathy going back to the empathy that we have for our people, um, you know, us walking through hard things. Helps us to understand and have empathy for those people in our churches.
1: Yeah, and I think what happens too when you're an insulated pastor, you try to draw people in who who insulate themselves as well. So you're not going to invite in. You're not going to invite in ministry that is challenging. You're not gonna. You're not going to look for the least of these. You're going to look for those that are the easiest of these, and those yeah. are not often the same thing.
0: You're right, and so. Today, you know, we've been doing this whole series about um, the different types of pastors or different struggles that pastors have, and today we kind of are ending this series with the insulated pastor. and, and you know, we want you to have um, to get in there and do life. Uh, discipleship is life on life, and so you can't do that as an insulated pastor. We wanna encourage you to get in there and do life with the people in your church, Um, understand what they're going through, um, realize what what the community is dealing with as well, and uh, just to uh, be a part of your church, not a standoffish pastor.
1: Yeah, and I think some of that happens, Trent, when when we say, what's your struggle? Here's my struggle. You know, and be vulnerable enough. And, and that's come up a couple of times um, in, in these conversations to be vulnerable. But be vulnerable enough to share that you struggle, you know, and that opens the door for other people to share their struggles. And, yes, it, it gets messy. But it's also good to know that there are people who can walk with, with us through the messiness of this life.
0: You're absolutely right. That's why we, Alan and I, do what we do with the enduring churches dot. Uh, dot com dot consulting podcast. <laughs> uh, the reason we do this podcast is, um, is because we want to walk with you through life and we've been through this, we have walked through some of the crud and we want you to know you're not alone. Um, and so, you know, we, we're so thankful that you take time to listen to this, but please, as you listen, realize that it comes from our hearts that we want you to do well and to last in ministry.
1: Yeah, and if we can help you, just go to our show notes. There's ways to reach out to us and we'd, we'd love to do that. But one of the things that you're doing that is so good is when you listen, whether it's to us or, or some really good podcast or, or whatever, but uh, <laughs> whenever whenever you listen, listen, you, you're learning. And continue to be a learner, um, that, that will be, help you. And one other thing that helps is to share. And so if this has helped you or these conversations help you or give you something to think about, share it with someone else and let them let them know too that there there are some folks out there who care about their ministry and want to see their ministry last. So anyway, we are grateful that you take time to listen and we are appreciative of you. And so we kind of wrapped up our profiles on pastors and we'll be jumping into some some new some new topics next week, so make sure you come back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Thanks a bunch.